0: 1015 FM, 720 AM. K Don, the talk
1: of Las Vegas. <phone rings> Lady and your host, Mark Hoke. It was a dark and stormy night in Las Vegas. Oh good lord.
0: Snoopy was lying on top of his doghouse.
2: <laughs> Lightning flashing everywhere. That story, as bad as it is, still better than the Indy Hartwell Lash Legend. Match. Indy
1: Hartwell was flying everywhere, Lash Legend.
2: Was
0: dangling her in the ropes. <laughs> moving her like a basketball. <laughs> Jim Cornette was sticking his foot in his mouth. And Doing. Maxine
2: oh, good is mark. on her way.
0: Will the sun ever shine in the world of professional wrestling ever again? But wait! A savior is on the way.
2: J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T-R-E-F-E-R-double-E. Oh, yeah, that's where that's spelled.
0: <laughs> I wanted to put two R's in referee, but I could not do it. Understood. <laughs> Welcome to the Mark Hogue Show, everybody. <laughs> Holy shnikes. what a week! I good god, wow, the best in pro. There was no best in pro wrestling news and entertainment this week.
2: No, there wasn't. Where was a best? There really wasn't. Wow. When the Actually, best- no. There was a little best. There was a little best. It, this week, the, and the- even that got messed it, up. It, when the best thing is the announcement of J-E-Double-F-J-A-R-R-E-Double-T as the guest referee for a tag team match, which makes no sense except for the fact that he lives in Nashville. <sighs> I'm Mark Hoke. Yes, you are. We we do this little
0: show here on KDWN 101.5 FM 720 AM. Yes, with we do. A, with this fuzzy, you've got all sorts of colors going on here. You've gone technicolor. Yes, I have. Andrew Fishfane, everybody. Yes, I am. <laughs> what's going on, brother? What? Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Representing future stars of wrestling, Joe, I, I I think you need to get Lash Legend and Indy Hartwell into the gym a little bit, because I don't know what's going on in NXT, but <laughs> they could use your help, brother. Joe DeFalco, everybody. Joe, how are you?
1: Oh, wonderful. I'm watching uh, golf on the Peacock network.
2: Yeah, it's the isn't it the Open Championship there, the British Open?
1: Yes, it is.
2: That may have been the choice of the week. Yeah, I I me thinks so. <laughs> me thinks Phil Mickelson's doing better than Indy Hartwell and oh, Black God. Legend. You know,
0: I I record NXT for those that don't follow wrestling and are listening to the show and why I am blasting this out, I normally don't watch NXT. NXT is, I mean, but I'll, but I'll, I'll, I will I'll, DVR it in case I hear, hey, there was a really good match or something happened. Or a good NXT. promo. Or, no, I got you. NXT is the developmental show for world wrestling entertainment. So they're kind of breaking everybody in, getting them ready to go up to the main roster to either be on Raw or SmackDown. Oh, good God. They didn't have a good night. So as I go through the week getting ready for the show, I listen to Wrestling Observer and some other shows and, you know, go to Cultaholic and check out my sites and gather my info to make sure I try not to miss anything and see what the big news stories were. And I hear Vinny and Brian from Wrestling Observer talk about this match he said as he sipped his iced tea I hear about this match with Lash Legend and Indy Hartwell that Dave Meltzer said had negative stars Dave has a star rating that has become legendary that he's morphed into some little little craziness and I, was, and I said this match couldn't have been that bad yeah <sighs> it couldn't have been that bad the funny
2: thing is it wasn't long enough to be that bad and yet it was it was a, like under 4 minute match and i'm like okay i i got to take the time to see this i have to because that, I, that that is 4 minutes of your life you will never get back
0: but i'm kind of glad i i'm kind of
2: glad i did
0: and i and i hate ripping
2: on people no you don't <laughs> Well, no, I actually do. You guys know I I try to keep it a little positive. I'm positive that you enjoy ripping on people. <sighs> so leading
0: into this match, Lash Legend does this, cuts this promo where she's dribbling a basketball and says she's gonna do that to Indy Hartwell. I'm like, what, you're gonna you're gonna cross her up? Okay. Well that sounds fun.
1: Ted DiBiase kicked the basketball out?
0: No, but there was a baseball bat involved at the end of the promo. Oh, she rolled the basketball away and a baseball bat stopped it. So, <laughs> just, this is so bad. So, the match starts, they lock up. Lash shoves Indy into the corner. Indy backs out and she's actually looking over her shoulder
2: as she's backward, walking backward, like just to make sure she doesn't miss where she's supposed to go. I mean, go. was there, look, man, I can walk backward.
0: To the door of the studio, and pretty much be okay. I think I can make it without looking over my shoulder and generally knowing where the door is. There was, a I think, it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, the match continues. There was a really bad miss punch that Fish spotted. I didn't. I forgot about that. But Fish is across the yeah. studio from me, and if he'd fire a punch at me right now, it would be about the same distance. And maybe even closer. They do this thing where she's, where Lash has, this was the dribbling part. Yes, apparently. And I don't know what agent or producer, when they were putting this match together, said, this will look cool.
2: It... (laughs) Lash had her in a torture
0: rack or and, and Joe Some variation thereof. If you Joe, if you and I'm sure you probably didn't see this, but I can't wait after I get through this to hear your thoughts on this spot. As someone who trains people at future stars of wrestling, go to FSW Vegas and check it out. She has her up on her shoulder. Or Lash has Indy on her shoulder and puts her between two of the ropes. Just, just her head. He just puts her head between right. the two ropes. So she's going to like make her go like a basketball and bounce her head off the ropes. Except for the problem is her head or shoulders or nothing makes contact with either of the ropes. She's just
2: flapping in the wind. Well, if, like like if the you, gobbler on the turkey. And if you can picture... You know, when Lex Luger did the torture act, he'd have you up and he'd bounce up and down. And that's what the person would be doing. We'd be bouncing up and down on the shoulders until they tapped out. There was no torture. The only torture was for us. Exactly. We were the ones tapping out. Going, okay, I quit. No I quit. more. The, the match is over. Stop. Stop. End it. Get the producer out there and stop this. Did not happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, because so, it got worse. So then,
0: then just to make this even worse. And keep in mind, this is only an under four minute match. Indy misses a springboard and so she's flying backward off the rope after there's a distraction from Alba Fire, who's out there on a balcony with a basketball and Lash legend sees her with a basketball is like, oh my God, my opponent's now gone because Alba Fire's holding my basketball. and she steps off the rope the springboard and totally misses and somehow they kind of i what did they how would you describe them getting together it was yeah, like it was two like, turtles kind of yeah, yeah, just, making love yeah, just coming on over <laughs> they roll up and here's and here so he it was supposed
2: to, right originally they had apparently looked like Lash had Indy's shoulders pinned, but she wasn't supposed to. So they kind of shifted their weight, so Indy would have Lash's shoulders pinned, but they both had their shoulders on the mat
0: down. So I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there like, oh, what, what are they gonna do about this? Nothing. And the worst part was, Indy won the match. Referee puts Indy's hand up, and the angle that they were on, Indy's shoulders were clearly down. You couldn't quite see lashes real well, but Indy was down. Negative four thousand stars, twelve
2: thousand hokey points. Fish, you saw the match. How many negative fishes does that get? Too many to count. Jesus it's an it, a- it may it may be one of the worst matches I've ever seen. And this includes like those weird backyard wrestling matches you see people do, like when they when the guy Lays a fluorescent light bulb on somebody and tries to break it. I have never been in,
0: I have never wrestled a match. I have never trained. I have only watched wrestling for 40 minutes. And I hate to say it, I could have wrestled a better match than that. I could have done a 1970s style, plotted around kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I felt bad for them to a point, but I'm like, wow. I felt bad for for Wade Barrett trying to announce that mess. That was, yeah, it was just. And then just to end, and just from, by the way, at the end of the show, when there was a situation where... Um, Cora Jade. Where Cora Jade did a little turn, and she was hitting... Rosanna Perez. Perez with a skateboard, and the rigged skateboard, just as Broke. she swung it back, just splits in half as she swings it back. Rough week for NXT. <laughs> poor, poor Cora swinging half a skateboard,
2: and like, eh, eh. eh, eh, eh. Oh
1: Yeah, rough. I don't understand is why did they not edit it out since it's taped anyway. Or is it live?
2: I think it's T's live. I do, but it it, it was just oh. I mean I understand it's developmental and these are people are learning, but these are they are supposed to be close enough to that next level that they can be brought up to that next level and this wasn't close to any level. And Last Legend is not ready to be on TV. No. No.
0: I mean, just, and, and we're having fun with it, but this is why I don't watch NXT consistently.
2: This is why I don't watch it, because I don't want to see eh, wrestling. No, but then why? what I don't understand is if if NXT is supposed to be developmental, which I get, why bring someone like Mandy Rose who doesn't need the development down? I and mean, She has don- dominated in NXT and been fantastic. The whole Toxic Attraction faction has been great, but... They don't need her down there. That's That doesn't help anybody to no, have they, someone.
0: No, they do. And here's why I'm going to say that. Do you know why I did used to watch NXT? Because
2: Mandy we, Rose is gorgeous?
0: Nothing to do with it. Oh, you okay. know why I did watch NXT? <laughs> I watched NXT because you had a mix. You had veteran wrestlers that were in there that n- knew what they were doing and you could have them work with the younger wrestlers. They'd be able to carry a match. And you weren't putting everybody out there that's completely raw and having that happen on television and making your product look like crap. That's why I watched NXT. That, And that's why I don't watch it now. And that's why I just I wait for the highlights. By the way, Apollo Crews jobbed out on NXT this week, too. The former Intercontinental Champion. How
2: bad has it gotten when he's dropping out on
0: NXT? Just thought I'd throw that out there. Joe, I, I, I got I to give this to you. You train wrestlers. What are your thoughts on the situation with NXT and the stuff going on there?
1: Well, it, it's kind of confusing because first off, when you say, well, you know, they're really raw. and Well, a lot of these people have already been wrestling for years. And they get signed, and then they go there, and they got to adapt to a new system. But they should be in position to, you know, have a match. And, you know, that's also part of the problem when they're just trying to sign athletes exactly. and not wrestlers. Exactly. And then they they throw them in there, and, you know, look at AEW Dark. AEW Dark's no different. I. Some of the worst matches ever have been on that show, and you're curious as to how that person got a spot in a match. You know, I even know a couple of people whose matches, uh, what they did was never air them because they were atrocious, you know, and...
2: But as somebody who runs a promotion... If you have a wrestler that, that has a match that, that is just so god-awful, how do you handle that wrestler going forward?
1: Uh, yeah, we we, we have had that situation. We, we do a show called Future Shock. And Future Shock has a mix of, of the veterans. That way they can work with the younger talent. Because you don't want to throw two people in there that, you know, have barely gotten their feet wet. Because the main concern is... Not the match, it's when, you know, nowadays, since everything's kind of pre-planned and you have to put together everything you're going to do, if something goes wrong, you got two people that are really green and you get lost in the match, and then it just becomes a debacle. So we had, uh, over the last two Future Shocks, we had a couple of women's matches, and both women's matches uh, featured trainees who were having their very first match ever. And they, it, it it was cringeworthy. And, you're, again, you're talking, you know, four or five-minute matches. And the problem becomes when somebody gets lost, it's trying to recapture it. And when you're really green and you're in with somebody who's semi-green, usually you're going to have a more difficult time, you know, getting to the point where you need to. And now they know they've made the mistake. And now now, now they're rushing. Now they feel the pressure. And usually it just progressively gets worse. And that's why you kind of want somebody in there who, as the ring general, can you know, we've done it. We have younger guys, and we say to the veteran guy, hey, you know, we don't really plan it, but, you know, give give this person a little bit. If they do well, you give them a little more, and you let the match go. But if they don't and they lose it, finish it then and there. And you have to have, you know, faith in certain individuals to put them in that position. You know, that's why AJ Styles works almost – because they know AJ won't let that match, you know, take a dump. You know, uh, you know when you see a match like that, and you're like, "Oh man, that match was terrible." Uh, just imagine how much worse it could have been.
2: Makes a lot of sense. You know, and it was interesting. The one thing uh, listening
0: to Wrestling Observer, and I, and I love listening to Brian Alvarez because you know Brian's been in the ring, and. He recently has been talking a lot about how he's worked with people that have planned their matches out from start to finish and how he really didn't feel like he learned a lot. But then when he worked with a veteran that said, Hey, we're going 18, 20 minutes, I'm going to call it on the fly. And he freaked out. I was like, well, We're not going to plan this out. Nope. Get in there and follow my lead. And he said he learned so much from that. And, and I'm curious, Joe, what—
2: Well, before we before get there, I just want to point out that one of the greatest matches of all time was planned out meticulously. And you and I actually discussed it earlier this week. And yeah, it was the Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man, uh, Savage bout from WrestleMania three, which had 250 different moves that they had to memorize. Yeah, it, there's and you know so there's two schools on that. Do you
0: plan a match out? you know, meticulously from start to finish, or do you just go in and call it like they used to do in the old days? Joe, what are your thoughts on that? what What is it best to do? Is it best to totally plan it, not plan it at all, or do something in the middle?
1: Well, th- there's never a match that there isn't any planning whatsoever. You know, a lot of times, Sin Bodhi's a proponent of, you know, call it in the ring. You know, when we're training and he's putting together, you know, scenarios, he likes to, you know, do practice matches. And in most cases on those practice matches, he wants people to call it on the fly. But guys like Macho Man, DDP, uh, they they were proponents of move for move for move for move for move. And, you know, the veterans in most cases – They'd rather do it, you know, we'll see you in the ring, kid, you know, which is usually, you know, the scariest moment of a young wrestler's life. (laughs) But, you know, as was, you know, you said Alvarez had said, of course he's going to learn more because you have to pay attention. You have to be, you know, the thing is with young wrestlers, when they plan everything out, the problem becomes when there happens to be a screw-up. And something messes up, and now it totally takes you out of the the situation where you were supposed to do something. Oh, I forgot it was a reversal into the turnbuckle. Now what do you do? Because I forgot I took the turnbuckle move. I'm not supposed to be there. My opponent's supposed to be there. Oh, crap. Now where do we go? And then when you have two young green people, they get confused and have no idea how to do it while a veteran can step in and that's why you see a lot in wrestling when you see a move kind of get screwed up you're like oh they're doing the same thing over again because they're trying to get back to the spot they were supposed to get so they have to redo everything to do the same spot over and hopefully not screw that up
0: yeah it's it's not easy doing what the, what these guys and ladies
2: do. No, not at, all. Not that's at why, all. That's why they have years of training. That's why there are places like Future Stars of Wrestling that can train you to get ready for it. And that's why it's so important to have a place like that. See, we're making and, a joke. And
1: that athlete who got signed out of college football or amateur wrestling, you know that that that's why guys like Lesnar and Angle and all of them those guys became some of the biggest superstars. Because they understood how to adapt. And the thing is, you could throw a hundred of those guys against the wall and you're lucky if one or two are gonna succeed. You know, when was when it was NXT at its best? Well, when it was using Bobby Fish and Adam Cole and all these guys that, you know, had years of experience, of course the matches were gonna be way better.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Oh man. And you know, and I hate to like I said, I hate to really rip somebody but you know, that that match was just you no, know, we're sending a little message on this. Get it together, guys. Come on. You know, not not good. Yeah, a lot of other stuff happened too this week. Uh we're going to get into Jim Cornette having some uh some issue with Mr. Moxley's matches apparently. Yeah, he he he's not been happy with the Mox man and he caught a little flack for something he said. We had, to, <laughs> as long as we can get to that. Jordan Grace brought up Chris Benoit. That is not.
2: Don't do not say his name. It's he who shall not be mentioned. No, we we were allowed to mention him.
1: Um, you know, it's funny you say horrible matches. Uh, Jim Cornette was the same guy who booked New Jack in a lot of matches. What do you have to say about the quality of those matches?
2: Oh, aha uh-huh. did, did he book the Mass Transit uh, match?
1: I uh, he didn't do that, but in Smoky Mountain where uh, New Jack got his fame, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. Cornette, a lot of times there's things you agree with. Same thing with Vince Russo. But then there's a lot of times you just scratch your head and you're like, oh, what is he talking about? I
0: scratch my head a lot at Vince Russo, brother. <laughs> we, we we do have new AEW World Tag Team Champions. That happened this week. Pretty Pretty wild match. Which was a great match, but apparently stirred up a little controversy in the
1: in the aftermath. Well, it's about time. It's about time the Hardys are the AEW tag champs. It's fantastic. Wow. Oh wait, that was what was supposed to happen. Oh. I forgot.
0: And we we have a stunning special guest referee for uh, coming up at SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, we got a lot to get through here, real quick. Yes, we do. Ho- hopefully, we're going to make it through all of it.
1: Two so, hours. I guess we're just going to oh, go two hours. Oh. We're
0: going to have to. Uh, Preempt our show that is following us, stripped down. Sorry,
1: you know, go over just like Monday Night Raw. You go over, yeah. Who cares about uh, you know, the show after.
2: Oh, we'll be on the air until the match is over. You've never met Jenny, she'll care. All
0: right, all right. Well, we're going to head to a break here on the Mark Hoke Show. We want to thank all of you for joining us here on KDWN 1015 FM, 720 a.m. is the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. And by the way, don't forget to follow us on our social media at Mark Hoke Show on Twitter, the Mark Hoke Show on Facebook, MarkHokeShow.com Show.podbean.com. In case you missed this show or many others that you might have missed, shame on you if you did. You're supposed to be here every Sunday. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back. 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM, KDON, the talk of
1: Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke.
0: And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show. You know, I don't have double letters in my name. No, you don't. No, I don't. There is somebody that does, though.
2: Yes, there is. There's a lot of people that do. I feel bad for him. It's very repetitive. That's, that was his whole catch. That was his gimmick. Then it was silly. It worked. You, Everyone remembers it. Now, you know, If I say J-E-double-F, everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about.
0: My cousin? Vinny? No. Vinny? <laughs> anyway, Andrew Fishfane, Joe DeFalco joining me. On the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, we are speaking of the aforementioned Jeff Jarrett. Another amazing decision. Boy, WWE is just making more bad decisions than Vince McMahon has lately. Oh, wait, wait.
2: Yeah. I, it, this isn't a bad decision. It's just a
0: decision that
1: doesn't make sense. Well, that
0: would be considered a bad decision, wouldn't you think? No.
1: All right. No, well, he lives in Nashville. It's good. But, I he mean, it, it's not, that's all we got. Pop.
2: Right, but I mean, it, it's not a bad decision in the sense that it, it was the, it's a wrong thing to do. It just doesn't make sense. There's no reason for it. But it's is, it is not necessarily, it's not a bad decision. So the Usos and the Street Profits, who had an unbelievable
0: match at Money in the Bank. Yes, they did. Well, at the Money in the Bank match, once, uh, Montez Ford had his shoulder up when they were counted out in the pinfall. And then we just had a controversial decision
1: in a match. Yeah, here. On the SmackDown. referee's
2: decision is final until it isn't.
1: <laughs> See, what Dawkins. I think they should have did was have like a legendary tag team wrestler be the special guest ref.
2: That like is exactly. Ricky
1: what, in Nashville would have been
2: big. That is exactly what I said. I didn't say Ricky Morton, but I said it may, that's what makes that's my issue. Is if you would have had a tag team wrestler, it would have made perfect sense. So, but of course,
0: SummerSlam is in Nashville. Jeff Jarrett, of course, he and his family, legendary promoters in Tennessee in the territory days. So Jeff Jarrett, who, by the way, in case you didn't know, well, what's Jeff Jarrett got to do with WWE right now? He actually coordinates the live events right now for yeah WWE. He's the uh, home of uh,
2: the head of the PLEs, you know. So instead of doing yeah, something, he
1: was in, he was out, he was in, then all of a sudden he was out, and then all. Like it was like we found out. Oh, he's not with them anymore. And then like two months later, it's like oh, he's back
0: in again. Of course, did the legendary hold up to uh, get a nice six figure payday from Vince McMahon to drop the Intercontinental title
2: on his yeah. last day, which is what got him out.
1: That was owed him. Oh, okay. okay. That's, that's and without that's, him, we we
2: him, we don't have the Road Dog.
0: But anyway, so so Jeff Jarrett has been selected to resolve all this refereeing problems that we've been having. Of course, Jeff Jarrett is known
2: for his refereeing problems. I preferred the choice they had on Monday Night Raw, which was our truth. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: had some ideas. I did. I've got some legit ideas that you could have filled in instead of using Jeff Jarrett. There are too many to name. You had a couple. You guys are coming up with some tag team names. Shawn Michaels is available. He's done some great guest refereeing spots. Absolutely. Hey, Mike Tyson wasn't doing anything. Of course, he did a guest referee spot.
2: He was actually the guest enforcer.
0: Well, yes, he was an enforcer, but you know, he had the stripes on. Huh? Earl Hebner could have paid memoriam to Dave. Brought him in. That would have... He, Very, Of course, he did screw Hulk Hogan, but that's another story. Nick Patrick, he's still alive. Danny Davis is still out there. Is he dangerous Danny Davis? Danny Davis is still alive. You could have brought in Mick Foley. He's done some guest refereeing. Or how about The Rock? He's guest refereed before. See, I just came up with seven names just off the top of my head this morning.
1: The yeah, Rock. they wouldn't waste their time by putting Shawn Michaels in a Rock in that match.
0: <laughs> just, just for fun. Just saying. How about Vinnie Mack? <laughs> he can't even walk anymore. Of course, Vince would probably be like, hey, I'm going to show them.
1: I'm going to guest referee yep. this match. Yep, and then terror squad. I
2: was going to say, then sleep with the timekeeper, but okay. Hey! <laughs>
0: I just don't, I mean, I, I get why Jeff Jarrett's going to be going out there. It's a way to sneak <laughs> in. But isn't there, was not there been a better way to do it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess
1: Jerry the King Lawler was unavailable.
0: Yeah, that's another one I was thinking of this morning, too. Man, you could have had, you could have given Jarrett and Lawler a moment in the sun in Tennessee together. That would have been awesome. But, oh, well. I, I just wonder what's going to happen. Is somebody getting hit in the head with a guitar or what?
2: So we we are what 13 days away from Summerslam. Yeah, yeah.
1: Boy, anyway. can't wait.
2: <laughs> this seems like every WWE paper we guys, had, or excuse me, premium live event. Sorry. I mean, and the only matches they have right now, completely set, are, and this is supposed to be something that you build to, is Theory and Lashley, and you have Reigns and Lesnar. And you have the tag team match. And I believe you have uh, Rousey and Liv Morgan. I'm pulling your card for
1: you. So you got rematch, 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 and
0: rematch.
2: Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the new world.
0: We got Reigns and Lesnar, Morgan and Rousey, the Usos and Street Profits, Lashley and Theory. The one that is not a rematch is, of course, the one that's probably everybody's going to probably be going crazy for.
2: The Miz and Logan Paul. No, Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin. Yeah, that's gonna be that's actually gonna be fun. People enjoy that one. Not the Miz and Logan Paul. Not yet. I don't
1: know if they'll do that or not.
2: Of course they are. We'll see. That train's heading down that track,
1: baby. Anyway, yeah, they're really trying to make that Logan Paul a baby face. Like he'd be a great heel. It's like I, heard, you know, from what I've read, it was like that—that's what he wanted to be. And they're like, oh, okay. Like him and him and the Miz running together would have been, you know, something good for the Miz.
0: They'd be all right. Yeah, absolutely. it been fun. I, I didn't understand oh. that turn at the end of the match. Anyways, no, Stupid. it made no. sense at the
1: end of WrestleMania. What WWE hey, creative go doing after something? The tag belts, man. Have put them as tag champs. You know, you'll get you'll get mainstream media. And,
2: and then you can have the, David Arquette as mind. a special guest referee. There you go. <sighs> <sighs> he
0: could have been their manager. Yeah, he's been a champion, former WCW champ. Yes, he is. The same title as Ric Flair and DDP. King All of the Death guys. Match. Yeah, <laughs> wiki wiki that one, kids.
2: Hop on your Google machine and check that one out.
0: That's a hell of a story. But anyway, yes. So we'll be seeing Jeff Jarrett at the uh, at the Slam of the Summer. Oh my lord! Oh wow. Well, Jim Cornette. If you haven't ever heard Jim Cornette's podcast,
2: it's interesting. Lot of a uh, lot of Heavy opinions, like him or hate him, he is extremely knowledgeable about wrestling. There is no question, no
0: question, and a fair amount of the time, I I do agree with Jim Cornette on a lot of things he says. He he's very old school, very old school, very detail oriented when it comes to seeing what he sees in matches. Probably very hyper is very hypercritical. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Swings a mean tennis racket. And swings probably still swings a mean tennis racket. Well, you know it's funny because Jim Cornette, of course, the former manager of the Midnight Express and has worked for every wrestling company, has been pretty much chucked from every wrestling company.
2: <laughs>
0: um, you'd think he'd like what goes on in E.W. You really would, you know. You, um, but for some reason he just doesn't enjoy the product most of the time. Well, why would you think that Jim Cornette would enjoy AEW? Because it's not WWE. That's why. It's more of an older school style of wrestling. But he doesn't. He doesn't like AEW very much either. Well, he is certainly not a fan of John Moxley. He hasn't been a fan of Moxley for a really long time, and he made a little made a little uproar because he called John Moxley the worst. Wrestler in the world. That's a little hyperbolic. Okay, now got to back up a little bit and put it in context because you know if you're just saying well he's the worst wrestler now he's not saying that if you put him in a ring that the guys that are rookies on the indie circuit are worse than John Moxley. But what he to start he was saying on the scale of what he is highly featured top guy he and for what he does in the ring he is not good here was his rationale and I and I tried to get this off um what he said on his podcast he's on TV all the time same stuff talk about drinking blood does a promo that sounds like that sounds good until you realize he didn't make a point for three minutes goes out there trades a few blows uh he, he didn't try to duck Hit the floor within a minute, rattle furniture around, do some outlaw BS, pull out a thumbtack or two, and do some screwy finish that's flatter than four o'clock. Because there's no real build to the climax whatsoever, and occasionally there's some stuntman bump thrown in if there's some if there's some sort of garbage stipulation match. That was what he said about John Moxley. Here's my question to you guys, because I'm sure you've seen a few Moxley matches.
2: Does Cornet have a point? There is some truth in what he says, yes. But I don't think that he's the worst wrestler. I think that that Moxie can tell a good story.
0: Joe, you've worked with Mox, and I'm sure you've seen a few of his matches. What do you think about that?
1: You know, I think if you want to pinpoint different things on any wrestler, you can say that. Everybody's got their go-to things and stuff. It's like... How many matches have I watched with John Moxley that I've seen Thumbtacks? Really, not that many. And you know, Jim Cornette's known for you know kind of blowing smoke and and over exaggerating things and you know things that he watches. But you know, I've I've seen tons of wrestlers far worse than Moxley. He's over. People care. You know, he sure. He likes doing hardcore death type matches. He's one of the few guys that is like that, you know. If you want to call Chris Jericho that, because he had that match with Eddie Kingston, sure. But take take the body of work. John Moxley's had numerous really good matches, and you know, that's one of the Jim Cornette moments where you're just like, yeah, whatever.
0: And in in some ways, I see what he's saying. Because I I do think that lately John has been having some matches where blood wasn't necessary. Like the match that he just had on Dynamite didn't need it. You know, I know that they're trying to establish the Blackpool Combat Club as we're we're the badasses, and I get that. You know, but and and didn't necessarily have to go there. I personally think that when you use color, it it should be in a situation where it's. You know, you're in a more of a feud than just, hey, I'm beating somebody up, usually, unless you're, you know, you're really trying to establish a character as somebody who's, you know, like a Bruiser Brody type, or an Abdul the Butcher type. You know, that's one thing. Um, But, man, a lot of that, I just, eh. I I didn't, I just didn't see it. I've enjoyed his work for a long time, and I just... I don't know. I th- I think Jim's a little a little over the top on that. I kind of the one thing about the the match endings though, he does kind of pull the finishes out out of nowhere on occasion. I'm I'm I might not disagree on that part, a little bit. I I have seen where the the finish kind of you know you got the guys are beating each other up pretty bad through a match, and then all of a sudden, bam, there it is, and you know. But I don't know. But I I think overall Jim
2: may have uh, gotten what he deserved on this one, that's for sure. There was somebody else that came out this week, and, and I, I don't know if it's a big deal or not. The WWE, at least Raw, I don't know if SmackDown is, is changing its uh, rating from PG to TV-14. Oh, you know, then there was a reason I didn't I didn't want
0: to get into that too much, because they kind of cold pulled back on that story. There, but we will mention it. Um, that story did break. Uh, let me let me find that here because I do have the tab open. Uh, there was a report. Uh, Andrew Zarian reported earlier this week that WWE Raw was going to change the rating to TV fourteen starting this week, but apparently that has been pulled back. Uh, they were they, it is in discussion to do it but it has not been finalized yet. So we don't know when that, if, when that change is coming. It is interesting. They are discussing it though. I I will grant you that.
1: I uh, I think it's a done deal. It's like, how many times do we see things that they pull back later because they just didn't want it released and generally ends up being true. So,
2: but how does it change? If at all, the product do you think?
1: I don't think it changes it much at all. You know, I, know. I guess maybe by making it that people are going to think, Oh, the attitude here. Oh, it's going to be more edgy. We're going to tune in and watch. I just can't believe it's going to be any different than it was before. You know, Stacy, the cat Carter is not going to come out and do a wet t-shirt. Contest. That's exactly <laughs> what I was
0: going to mention. Nice call. I think, and from all indications that I had I had read, that it's mostly going to be language. dealing with language, maybe a little little racier content, but not... I mean, it's WWE. They're not going to risk screwing with their sponsors and everything oh, else. No, I mean,
2: and they're not going to start coloring a lot either, so...
0: Yeah. Now, would I be surprised if they did it a little bit? No. But I don't think they're going to totally change their product. Now... If Uncle Vince gets out of the way and Triple H ends up in charge or something like that, will they? Yeah. I, I think it
2: was, It does allow them more freedoms, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But is it going to make a difference in WWE if somebody can drop the S-bomb? Not really. No. No, they're still going to tell the same crappy stories and everything else and do things that don't make sense. So what's it going to matter? It's like, oh, now now we can tell bad stories and swear a little bit. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Great!
1: Not gonna, uh, I not see, uh, you know, you watch regular TV now, and I'm, like, surprised some of the things they're allowed to say now. So it's like, but it's not a big deal anymore. So I think that ship has sailed on WWE. Yeah,
2: probably. I just I just thought it was an interesting uh, little tidbit. Yeah, it, I just don't
0: see it changing a whole lot with WWE. So
2: but anyway, this is the Mark Hoke Show. Thanks for being with
0: us here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 720 AM. Andrew Fishfane, sporting his that's me green, green New York Mets jersey. Joe Defalco of Future Stars of Wrestling, and make sure you check out FSWVegas.com. Of course, uh, Joe. By the way, real quick, when's your next card coming up? You got one. Uh, two
1: weeks, uh, well, right? I I, ju- I got back from vacation last week. That's why I wasn't on. I went to the Bahamas for five days to enjoy myself and finally get away from everything. So. Uh, After our anniversary show and doing so many shows on the AEW weekend and stuff, I decided to take five weeks off. So next Friday, we actually uh, have a show at the FSW Arena. Uh, All the champions will be there. The titles will be on the line. Every single title. So it's going to be a pretty uh, exciting show.
2: What's the main event for the show?
1: Uh, it looks like it's going to be Jay Vidal versus Matt Vandergriff once again. Ooh, so nice. Uh, Matt Vandergriff had won the No Limits title. Jay Vidal got it back. Uh, some uh, underhanded tactics, surprisingly, for one of the most popular wrestlers in FSW shows you how important the title is to him. And now we're going to have another match. You know, these guys. Uh, Matt Vandergriff is is you know, to me, the guy that is going to be next when you say, you know, which FSW guy do you think might be, you know, signed by a major company? And Jay Vidal's a close second. So, you know, those guys, they know each other well. They train together. Uh, You know, they're two of the best uh, that are out there, young up and coming, you know, uh, young future stars.
0: And and I'm not just saying this because I'm friends with Joe. I agree wholeheartedly. And and Matt Vandergriff is... A special guy, he really is. I I think he's going to make it big sometime. So,
1: yeah, and you, and you gotta you gotta realize he he started at Santino Brothers. He came in, and uh, we actually did some impact tryouts in the past. And Sanjay Dutt, who now works at AEW, was a big fan. But he's like, you know, he's got to get rid of the baby fat. He's kind of chubby. You know, no persona, terrible on the microphone. And since then, Matt Vandergriff has now got a persona. He's got a look. He's fantastic in the ring. He's gotten better and better. Uh, he's in great shape. Still not the best on the microphone. But he's got, you know, if there's five top categories, he's got four that uh, are very impressive. And, you know, I could see him, you know, and he already has taken on some of the best that we've given them. And, you know, if you go look it up on YouTube, last year's anniversary with TJ Perkins, it was the best match of the weekend. And and, and generally, he's going to have the best match on the show.
0: So, yep. so check that out, at FSWVegas.com. Now, I promised this little thing about uh, Jordan Grace, and, of course, she is the wife of uh, Ring of Honor champion Jonathan Gresham and was the uh, did the Impact Digital champion. For some reason, I don't know why she did this. Sometimes it's best to just turn off the Twitter machine, but decided to mention Chris Benoit. Of course, uh, Chris uh, had CTE issues and unfortunately uh, mm. murdered his wife and daughter. One of the son. worst tragedies, or son, sorry, and uh, um, one of the worst tragedies in wrestling history. She got on Twitter and first decided to say that Chris Benoit could. Uh, could not. I don't think Benoit could 100% hang with most of the present-day best wrestlers. He would not be able to remember matches. Also, may he burn in hell, amen, and uh, just kept going from there. And, oh, boy, the Twitter machine lit up there with everybody, resulting in um, her having to pull back a little bit uh, and apparently then she well she did apologize uh, for um, some uh, for, for her comments and got reached out to by David Benoit Chavo Guerrero and Chris Jericho who she said are now supporting me in the decision to partner and fundraise for the concussion Legacy Foundation formerly sports Legacy Institute she pledged five thousand dollars with the overall campaign goal being twenty thousand. Uh, acutely aware of the damage has been done, and Shavo uh, Guerrero, you know, said you know they said kudos to Jordan Grace, et cetera, and so on. But boy, I'll tell you what, this is this is really t- it's always tough bringing up Chris uh, Chris Benoit because you know he was really one of the all time great wrestlers. Yeah, but obviously, what happened with, with all time one of, but also all, one of the all time most evil people. Yeah. Um, you now and and certainly the CTE, you know, for those that don't know, Chris and and how he wrestled, you know, he did that diving headbutt for years and years and years and years, and you know it, it's probably changed his personality. And as he got he got older, it messed with him. And we've seen CTE throughout many sports, cause athletes. You know, Junior Seau would be one that comes to mind, uh, that he ended up committing suicide. Right. But it, it's always tough bringing up Chris Benoit, and um, you know, Fish. Your thoughts on on this situation of bringing up Chris Benoit? And there was his just no license. need. There
2: was, there was just no need to invoke his name. I mean, you don't. There's, there's not a situation where you need to go. You know, I really need to talk about Chris Benoit. It, it just doesn't need to be talked about. Joe, what did you think of this?
1: have no knowledge of why somebody has to go on Twitter and say stupid things (laughs) for no reason whatsoever. It was like, you know what, I'll give her a pass if somebody puts him over and he's saying this and saying that. And it's like, and that's her response. But to come out of nowhere, just to say that, first of all, sounds like an idiot, you know, like he couldn't hang like, all right. Well, you know, afterwards, you know what the apology is like. Well, you know, since he murdered his family, it's like, what does it have to do about his wrestling stuff? Nobody had brought it up. You weren't responding to anything. It's just, like, moronic. Like, and she's been known, it seems like, to say moronic things. Like, what part of shut the F up do people not get? It's like people go on Twitter and... Of course you should expect that backlash because there are people that are going to defend them. And, you know, Twitter's Twitter. No matter what I say, there's going to be somebody else who's going to contradict everything I say. So when I try to tell my guys when they're going on Facebook, no matter what your opinion is, there's always somebody who's going to be against what you have to say. So you might as well just not say anything at all. It makes things so much easier. Yep.
0: All right. Hey, guys, great show. Acknowledge us. Andrew Fishfane, Joe DeFalco. I'm Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show, Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, markhokeshow.com for the website, and of course, markhokeshow.poddean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. We will see you next week here on The Mark Hoke Show. Have a great Sunday, Las Vegas.